morning, honey. I'm Maria today. Good morning. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it is. You can go, Melanie. Okay. Are we uh, are we live then? Yes. Okay. So good morning, everybody. Um, I, it's my great pleasure to uh, try and be Maria this morning. Uh, obviously, I'm not Maria, but uh, we are going to be talking today. We're continuing talking about the emotional uh, bank and how we can make deposits and uh, what causes withdrawals into our emotional bank account. So we've been looking at the six um, things that really affect that emotional bank account. And uh, I know that we've already talked about understanding the individual, attending to the little things, keeping commitments. And today we're going to go on to the next three um, items, which will have a great effect on your emotional bank account. And uh, I love the way um, Covey talks about the deposits and the withdrawals and how we need to be really careful that our deposits, as in our normal life bank account, are greater than our withdrawals. So um, I'm going to hand over to my young friend, uh, Marie-Pierre, and she is going to introduce for you this morning the first of these um, um, actions. Thank you, Melanie. <laughs> I love it <laughs> to do this with you this morning. So just before I start um, the fourth um, it's kind of deposit, I want to make sure that everyone share the podcast this morning. So if you are on Podbean, yes, you want to share everywhere because it gives you more hearts. So make sure that you share everywhere and on the Facebook Live, make sure to share too because it helps us to reach everyone and to build the big community that we want to always level up. And of course, uh, having um, the big vision to build a thousand millionaires. So make sure to share. And on Podbean, there's a uh, hundred seconds because <laughs> before we can start the heart so let's wait for that i love it every morning to click on the heart it's always funny to do it so yes last week we covered the first three ones so understanding the individual we cover attending to the little things and keeping commitments and now the fourth one is clarifying expectation so the cause of almost all relationship difficulties is rooted in conflicting our ambiguous expectations around roles and goals. We are not mind readers, and yet we consistently expect others to know 
what we expect of them. So communicating our expectation can help create a higher level of trust. And when we ask for what we want and we get it, we can then trust a little more. So you can make deposit when you make expectation clear and explicit in the beginning. So I know Melanie will have an example just to make sure that you really understand the number four kind of uh, deposit. I think uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make as humans is to assume everybody knows what we're talking about. To assume that when I give you an instruction, you're going to know exactly what I'm expecting you to do. And uh, one of the uh, most important thing about clarifying expectations is that if you want to make it an emotional deposit, you must make sure that the instructions you're giving to the person leave no ambiguity and that they are able to understand straight away what you want and when they give it back to you or do it for you you're not saying to yourself oh my goodness is that person so silly that they don't get what i want well whenever you have that feeling it's your fault it's you that hasn't been clear enough to explain it to it. And I can remember from uh, back when I was uh, a young graduate working in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, your boss would come to you and would say, oh, I want you to do a report on, say, for example, the, the powders that mix best with a, uh, an active ingredient so that when we make the next formulation, we can go straight to it. But what they failed to tell me was which ingredient, how much of it was going to go into a compound. And so when I had done my exhaustive study of looking at all the different excipients, which is what the powders are caused, called that are mixed. Um, my boss said, well, those won't mix with this active. And, you know, I remember in my head feeling like I must be stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, and really, all he had to do was tell me which drug they were thinking of. So I would know how much of it would go into each different tablet. Because the amount, the quantity of drug that goes into a tablet has a huge effect on which excipients you're going to use. So, you know, I, I he destroyed my self-confidence. He, he continued to do that through my career. And I only started to get my self-confidence back when I had a different boss. So people behave in different ways. So make sure that when you're giving instructions to people that you're absolutely clear about what is it you're expecting back. So neither you nor they are disappointed and it ends up being an emotional deposit, not a withdrawal. So thank you, um, Marie-Pierre. What, what was the uh, second one that we were going to talk about today? I really love your example, Melania. I can really relate to that kind of example. I, I really love it. Okay, I oh, think no. Marie-Pierre has a little bit of difficulty this morning with her internet. Are you back? <laughs> I'm here now, or is it working? I still can't hear you. It's, can any, you can hear? Go right in the comments. I if can't it... hear, so maybe it's me. 
just go and write in the comments if you can. Yes, Monique can hear. Perfect. And on Podbean, can you hear it? Hear me? <laughs> I can't hear anything this morning. I can't hear the podcast. The... Yes. Okay. So maybe just refresh, Melanie. <laughs> so maybe it will work better. Oh, I don't okay, know what's happening so... now. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Okay, Mary Pierre, you speak. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. So, uh, Mary Pierre, you speak, and then I'll speak, and then hopefully between us, we won't know what each other's <laughs> saying, but it might make sense. Perfect. So, just before I go with the second one for this morning, I want to uh, go in the comments uh, in the chat. I want to know for yourself. From 1 to 10, where do you see yourself with this kind of deposit with clarifying expectation? So are you already someone that is a master of a, a clarify, clarifying expectation? Or do you need maybe some uh, help to really develop this kind of deposit? So from 1 to 10, where do you see yourself for clarifying expectation? And we go with the second one for this morning. So is showing personal integrity. So integrity is the moral floor upon which trusting relationships are built. Integrity includes but goes beyond honesty because honesty is telling the truth. In other words, conforming our words to reality. But integrity is conforming reality to our words. In other words, keeping promises and fulfilling expectations. So when we operate with sound moral character, it makes it so easy for others to trust us. So we'll go with Melanie for the second example. So over to me now. Okay. So I'm hoping that uh, I know that Mary Pierre was talking to you about. Um, hang on. I'm just uh, making sure that I've got the right uh, bit. Uh, clarifying expectations. And then the second one that we're talking about this morning is showing personal integrity. And, um, you know, integrity is a, a really uh, difficult thing uh, to, to really understand the difference between integrity and truth. And what I love about the way Stephen Covey talks about integrity is like it's talking about what would you say to people who are with you about somebody else who's not there. So, or when people are uh, talking, are you protecting the absent person? And uh, for me, integrity uh, has always been um, really important, but I have to confess that at times uh, when we talk about personal integrity, it, it's easy to get into a gossip session right? It's easy to get into a session where you start chatting about somebody, right? And I, I always uh, remember, um, you know, one of the, the things that my dad used to say to me is that if you get together with people who don't have a purpose and they don't really, they're not really working for a goal, that the, the uh, conversation spirals 
out of control into talking about people, talking about um, somebody that uh, you maybe don't like or that you feel has let you down. And what you want, whenever we get into the mode of talking about somebody else to somebody who's absent, um, what we're really doing is we're trying to justify our behavior. We're trying to um, explain that, you know, that person has no right to talk to me. We want somebody to endorse our feelings. And uh, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing to, uh, to get involved in. And you reveal your lack of integrity by talking about somebody who's absent. Um, and so it, you know, I think we all know that probably Maria, our leader, she, uh, she has uh, a lot of fantastic qualities, but some people don't like the way she operates, right? Because she's very direct and she will uh, tell people, you know, uh, what, what she thinks about certain situations. And it takes a real strength of character to be able to absorb sometimes when somebody is criticizing you. And when you're in a situation where you feel like you've been criticized, the first thing you want to do is get somebody else to say to you, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I you know, that happened to me. And uh, when she said this, I, I couldn't believe she would say that to me. And, you know, who's done it, right? We've all done it. We've all done it to, to make us feel better. But what does it do to the person you're talking to? What it tells to the person you're talking to is that, um, oh my goodness, I met, better never cross this woman because if I cross her, guess what she's going to do? She's going to go running off to her friends and she's going to say, hey, you'll never believe it, but Kendra, she did this and she told this about me. I can't believe she would do that. And so what you basically do is every time you think you're taking somebody into your confidence, to um, to tell them about somebody else and what you think of somebody else, what you're actually doing is you're withdrawing emotional from your emotional bank account because that person now doesn't feel safe around you. And it's something as leaders we have to be aware of all the time. Having confidence in uh, talking in confidence with people about things that um, have upset you will ultimately upset them because now they don't trust you. And so, um, you know, although I don't have a specific example for that, I think that you understand uh, what what it is that, that we do as humans. We gather the troops and say, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. But basically what we're saying to the troops is, don't trust her, don't trust her, don't trust her. So uh, that is what I have to say about uh, having integrity. Make sure you're depositing by, by instead of gossiping about somebody, that when the gossiping starts, you either walk away and you're not involved, 
or even better, you defend the person because then you're making a deposit into an emotional bank account because that person's going to say, I know if ever anything goes wrong, she's going to have my back. That is somebody that uh, I want in my corner. I don't need to avoid her. I need to be with her. And that's how, as a leader, we can really, really um, be great to our, to our teams and to people we meet in life. So back to it. you, Mary Pierre. Thank you. This is so, so weird, before not being able to hear. <laughs> So before I go with the last one, I want you to go in the chat, in the comment and write from one to 10, where do you see yourself with this kind of deposit? So are you showing personal integrity every day? So go write in the comments, where do you see yourself from one to 10? Is it something that you want to work on or is it something that you already master showing personal integrity? Perfect. I see a 10. I see a lot of five. It's okay. We always want to be the better version of ourselves and always work to become that person. And the last one is apologizing when we make a withdrawal. So example of withdrawal uh, we want to avoid is like checking your phone when you're, you are with someone that is speaking to you, nagging, yelling, or screaming at someone, criticizing them, being sarcastic, talking about them negatively to others, and interrupting them when they are speaking. So yes, we will make mistakes. It's part of life. But when you see you have violated a trust, essentially apologizing is how we make a deposit to counter, counteract the damage we have done. So we want to make sure that we don't make repeated apologies because repeated apologies can be interpreted as insincere and make another withdrawal. So yes, Melanie will talk about with example of apologizing when we make a withdrawal. So back to you, Melanie. Okay, <laughs> so back to me. And uh, I know Mary-Pierre was talking to you about the last of uh, these apologizing sincerely when uh, making a with, um, when you make a withdrawal. So, you know, we all make mistakes. I mean, I, nobody is perfect. And I know that in my uh, role as a leader, I continue to make mistakes. And what I, I love about um, this one emotional thing is it's a constant reminder that it's okay to make mistakes, but they have to be, you have to make less mistakes than you make deposits. You must make less withdrawals than you make deposits. And, and believe me, if you continue to apologize for the same thing, now all you're doing is making more and more withdrawals. And uh, that can be very, very damaging. So, um, you know, think of a situation where you know that, that you've maybe talked about somebody or maybe you've um, overreacted, like you've overreacted to your kids about something that they've done at home. Like, I told you, da, 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 da. And before you know it, you've launched into this great tirade about, um, you know, how awful they are. And I don't know why you were ever born. I mean, I hope nobody's ever 
I've said that, but you know, we, we hear those situations. Well, of course, when you say that, and I can remember times that I lost it when my kids were little, you know, where everything just piles on top and you just like, whoa, it comes rushing out of you before you know it. And you know, and you feel ashamed after you've done it. And any time that you have that tiny, tiny feeling of being ashamed, that means that you've you've lost it, right? That you need to apologize. And apologizing to your children is uh, like a big thing, you know, because everybody says, yeah, but you're the parent. They should just do what you want. No. You know, our children, we're training our children for the world. If they can't see you apologize when you know that you've been wrong, what does that tell them about the world? It tells them that people can just get away with everything. And, uh, you know, I wish that a lot of teachers would learn this lesson because uh, I I'm going to tell you uh, about a story when I was um, when I was at school, I was in the first year of high school. So I would have been 12 years old and I had uh, bought I had uh, been playing netball, which is uh, like a strange English sport. But anyway, I uh, caught the ball and it hit my finger and I broke my finger. Right. So I had two fingers strapped together. And it meant it was very difficult to write. So I was writing with pencil and it looked disgusting. And I went to my weekly cookery class and I'm sitting in the cookery class and um, the, the teacher's handing out our notebooks. And then she says, Melanie Church, stand up. So I'm like, uh oh, what have I done? So she, she stood me in front of the class and she ripped into me. How dare you hand in work, blah, 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 blah. It's so disgusting. I can't read it. Do you think it's good enough to do your work in pencil? You know you're meant to write in fountain pen, which was the ink pens in those days. She ripped into me, right? So I'm standing at the front of the class and the tears are rolling down my my face right because i was one of the good kids so i didn't get told off and um and then one of my friends when she leapt ripped into me she put her hand up and she said miss and the teacher said yes she says melanie's got a broken finger and the teacher like looked at me and she said to me well how do you think i'm meant to know that right and so instead of taking an opportunity say oh melanie i'm so sorry i wish i had known that i would never have done this to you where i might have been able to forgive her guess how my my uh, career in cookery went not too good let me tell you because every time i would go to her class i was fearful she really robbed my emotional bank account by showing me that, she, not that she told me off, that was fine. I mean, teachers lose it, but that she didn't have the strength to say, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. I did not mean to uh, make you feel so awful. So, you know, having the strength to recognize your own faults and that that you have done something that isn't right can really if she had just said that to me 
I know that I would have forgiven her, right? Okay, she made me feel bad, but I wouldn't have had any reason not to trust her because I knew that she didn't know and therefore she was a I was able to forgive her. Instead of which it it right, I just used to be fearful every time I went to her class. So that maybe is a good way to describe uh how, you know, being able to apologize for your mistakes. Um, can make a huge difference. And I would say, especially uh, in a marriage, especially with uh, your children, for people that you're close to, I think sometimes we have this attitude that, um, well, they'll understand me. So I don't need to apologize because, I mean, they were partly at fault anyway. Never, ever think that. Always go that extra little bit to say, I'm really sorry, I didn't have the right to speak to you like that. Uh, I'm not in a good place myself. I love you. Um, and, you know, if you can uh, go to those ends, then um, that's how you can stay married for 37 years and still love the person you're with. So uh, that that's what I have to say about uh, a apologizing uh, sincerely when you make a withdrawal. Thank you, Melanie. So yes, that covered the three that uh, the three last uh, kind of deposit that we can do. So thank you, Melanie, for doing that this morning with me. And just remember that yes, in your family, in your uh, relationship with your friends everywhere and in business, trust is really as valuable as money in the bank but more than that trust is the glue that holds our marriage our family our business and our society together so none of us are perfect but you and i can aim to do better so we can choose to prioritize activity and choices that build trust so tomorrow we will cover the law of love and the law of life so make sure to be there i will be with melanie miller tomorrow morning too so make sure to be there and have a nice day and if you care please share the podcast this morning so have a nice day and we'll see you tomorrow